0: All right. Hey, welcome back to the Gopher CEO channel. This is John the Bomb. Building others means business. And man, you know, in life sometimes there are certain situations where, you know, you just reconnect with people, right? Uh, And social media over the years, we've all known, uh, you know, I actually reconnected with a first great friend a, a while back. And I had missed him. I left in third grade. And all of a sudden, boom, through social media, through LinkedIn and Facebook, I found him and we reconnected and it was pretty cool. Well, recently, this gentleman that's on the Go for CO channel, we used to do business about 20 years ago, and he sent me a message. I sent him a message. We started to connect, and then we had breakfast. We broke bread together. And now, he is on the Go for CO channel, Mr. Bill Pinus, President of fin Fit Life. How are you, my friend? Uh, doing great, John. Good to see you. Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, man, I'm super excited to have you on. The reality is, is that uh, you've done some really cool things in your life. Uh, you've got a beautiful family and on a personal side, I know that you're just a, a genuinely good dude. So go for CEO community, stay in tune here, you know, listen up, take some great notes. And oh, by the way, subscribe to the channel because we need to keep on growing this opportunity, this community of go for CEO. So, Bill, without further ado, you know, I like to get right into it, right? Uh, we're, we're really trying to deliver some great, great value. Fin fit life and a little bit of your background. Tell us what's going on, man. What's what's all this buzz I'm hearing in the marketplace?
1: Uh, you go out, first off, appreciate it. Great to see you again. And it was awesome to reconnect and, and break bread and uh, and see your children as well. Social media, as you, as you just stated, is a great connector uh, in many ways. So uh, it was great to reconnect. Uh, Just a little bit about me and and FinFit life. Um, I I do believe that uh, sometimes when people come out of college, they feel like they got to have their whole life planned in front of them. And the reality is you just got to do what's what's in front of you next and do it well. Uh, I kind of fell into financial services. Uh, I was a football coach when I came out of college. I wanted to, to use the game of football to teach boys to be men, men to be leaders by using the game of football. Um, and the, I, the ironic part is as I was coaching high school football, I met my wife and she wasn't a student. She was a teacher there. And uh, uh I went to my dad and said, hey, you yeah, got some advice. I, I found a woman of my dreams. Um, What would you tell a guy who's getting married? And he said, one thing, you better get uh, better, get serious about saving money, because if you don't, you're going to be broke just like me. And then he said, good luck. And I remember saying, what do you mean by good luck? And he says, you're smart. Go uh, go figure it out. Because if you don't, you're gonna be broke just like me. Everybody we know is broke, everybody in our neighborhood's broke, everyone in our family's broke. Uh, but you could break that chain. And it kind of led me down the path of of financial services. And I learned by saving just a little bit of money over a long period of time, you could change your life. And um and by doing that, I actually I realized that people needed a financial coach way more than they needed a football coach. So ironically, I still stayed in coaching, just not coaching football, I was coaching. In, in in finance and, and how money works and then uh, i started to learn that uh, the the skills that i learned about building a team i could do translate that into building a business and became an entrepreneur um long story short then to fast forward today uh, i've had an opportunity to run several businesses i was uh, an entrepreneur i was a solopreneur and i was a corporatepreneur and uh, when you build a business inside of a corporation and you own uh, the strategy, the culture, and, and all of the the finances of you just don't own the business itself. Um, so I had an opportunity to do a lot of those things. And uh, my last uh, company I was with, we actually built a, a great broker dealer and insurance division. And uh, we sold it to another broker dealer and they asked me to come and run it. And I said, uh, I want to go back into the entrepreneurial side. And lo and behold, we stand uh, in front of you of of building an unbelievable business called FinFit Life. And um, just a little bit about that company, it stands for Financial Fitness, Physical Fitness and Lifestyle to Enjoy It. We built that for two main reasons. One, we realized that most people are not financially fit. They don't know how to have their money working for them. They don't know how to get their money working for them. And more importantly, what it what it means to understand how money works and functions. And the second part of that is it's directly correlated to physical fitness. Um, in FinFit Life, everything that we do is in our name. It stands for financial fitness, physical fitness, and the lifestyle to enjoy it. And when you have financial fitness and physical fitness together, uh, you can end up having an unbelievable life. And uh, and that's how our company was built. What fundamental
0: fun things to do also, right? And uh, it's really that's- interesting as I've gotten to learn a little bit about what you guys are doing, really incorporating something. And it's kind of interesting uh, also, you know, go for CEO community. Here's a company that's actually encouraging you to get better in your own life, encouraging you to have better fitness and better health. And Bill, tell them you actually get discounts, right, (laughs) for doing that stuff to do business with you. So tell them a little bit about that. And, you know, I'd love to get kind of the framework. So tell us kind of the framework of the company and then just that last uh, component where you guys actually incentivize people to be better fit, better health, to then get lower
1: rates for things that you guys do yeah that's right thanks uh for that question it, it, the 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 financial fitness is that we have financial products that help people save money accumulate wealth and what we've learned about financial uh, people that are very financially successful they know how to, to to gather capital and deploy capital which means you gather assets and then you can invest those assets wisely and um and we have products and uh, investment products and insurance products to do that but the big part and difference of our organization is we've partnered with a company called Vitality and John Hancock, and Vitality is a South African company, which they're 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 one of the the largest and and um, most influential what I'll call um, health uh, data companies. And what they've done is they've been able to aggregate uh, health data to incentivize healthy living. And um, what we have found is that there's uh, from a health from a health side that when you do healthy behaviors, it changes your life. It can change everything. And now most people in financial services call this, um, we have this wellness and uh, physical wellness. And and I hate to say this, most of the time, it's just marketing. It's just talk. Uh, and, then I, and then for me, being a South Side Chicago guy, it, it, it drives me crazy. It, BS is BS. And I, I, you can be a good marketer, but the reality is you got to have some teeth behind it to do something. And I can tell you that our organization does because there's four major things that there's four chronic behaviors that that cause four diseases that kill sixty percent of people, and I wrote them down just to make sure I didn't. As we're talking, I want to make sure I don't miss any. We have we have proper diet or poor diet. We have physical inactivity, smoking, and drinking. Those four activities. And if you were to ask what are the most acti- well, the thing that changes all the other ones, it's actually physical activity. The more physically active you are, it's ironic you end up eating better. You usually stop smoking and you usually drink a little less. So it has a huge impact. And those four things create heart disease, lung disease, diabetes, and cancer. And if you think about it, those four activities kill 60% of all humans on this earth. So if we can make a difference, it makes a huge difference to everybody. They live longer, they have more health, they can do those things. And what does that mean is it gets connected. We connected it, Vitality connected it with insurance products and investment products That enables you that if you actually do these physical activities and get more physically active you go to the doctors you eat better foods and it's all done through wearables and through an app it directly connects to your financial products lowers your insurance costs and put more money into your uh, cash values in in accumulation products so the great part about it is as i become more healthy i get more money and Mm -hmm. as i get more money i have more freedom and as I have more freedom, I can have a better lifestyle. And that's exactly how our company operates. Woo, that's pretty powerful. You know,
0: you know in the ideation stage of it, um, you know, it sounds like this is a pretty unique kind of combination of three or four different levels of business and life that you guys have put together. What was the, what was the way, because a lot of people in the GoPro Studio community really want to know like, all right, Bill, well, that's, that's a cool business. That sounds awesome. Heck, I may even become a client. But what what did you do? Who did you talk to? Who are your partners that you started to put this ideation together? Give us a little bit of the insight of
1: formulating this business. Yeah, great. So, first let me just say that everybody who out there who wants to own their own business, you never start off with a perfect idea. You have a start, you have an idea and you get excited about it, but normally you're going to find that you need to, you know, zig and zag to make sure that you meet the marketplaces, the demands, the skill sets that you have in your organization, etc cetera. And, and, uh, and our company was no different. We um, It started with a phone call that I got from a fellow named Howard Sharfman. Howard Sharfman, if you do your due diligence, is, um, is just one of the who's who in the ultra-wealthy people and the ultra-wealthy ultra, ultra wealthy marketplace. And um, it started with an idea that um, and a concept of a product through John Hancock Vitality product. He, uh, he was an early adapter. It was a life insurance contract that had a connection to Vitality. And, um, and I, when I had my conversation with him, he's, he was funny. He said, I'm a product of the product. I literally lost a hundred pounds because of this product. And I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for this situation that I knew I could save money and have more money accumulate for me faster if I got in better shape. And I knew I needed to get in shape, but when you have the right incentives and the right, the right plan, you put those two together, it could change your life. And it did for him. He said, I lost a hundred pounds. And he said, it actually, as I was in this doing and buying and owning this product, I started to go to this, this uh, thing called soul cycle. And if you've ever been to a cycling class, it's like one of these high energy places. He says, I'm sitting on the bike and 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 we're doing this. And by the way, if you want to know what soul cycle, it's like going to a high powered club where you're dancing on a, on a bike. That's really what it's like. And it will kick your butt because I did a couple classes with him, but in the process of that, they always have a theme. And the, one of the themes was in order for you to become, um, stress free you need to be physically fit and then she basically said in order for you to become well to have wellness you need to be physically fit and he said i'm arguing with her the entire time that that's not true if i'm not financially fit i'm going to be stressed if i'm not financially fit i'm not going to have true wellness he said so i get off the bike and i started to talk to her about my the reason why i was there was because of this this physical fitness incentive and she immediately responded said she wanted to be a client she started to tell her friends And she started thinking, man, I have an opportunity. He started thinking, I have an opportunity that I might be able to have a great business idea. And he started writing the business plan. But what he realized was two things. And this is where Bill Pinus and him got connected. Uh, He works in the uber wealthy. And as he started looking in the marketplace, there was not very many people that were coming into the insurance business. And he wasn't attached to the middle market. And he knew that middle market was really critical because everyday people needed this too. So we have a philosophy is you might not be rich, but you sure as hell don't deserve to be poor. And we want to teach people how not to be poor, because ironically, when you just work for a dollar and you exchange time for a dollar and then you don't ever put that money to work for you, you end up having a likelihood of being poor. And the one thing that I love about money, the money business is that money never gets sick. It doesn't talk back. It always works and it never sleeps. So if you put it to work, it can work for you. But that just comes with a little bit of knowledge and opportunity to be able to do that, and that's what FinFit Life is all about. And I will say, when the last part about our we have our entrepreneurial system is that sometimes you can you people don't have um, enough money, and, and I'll I'll just give you this quick financial. We have the, the physical fitness. There's four issues in physical and financial fitness. There's four. There's debt, lack of cash flow, lack of savings, and lack of investments and in having your money work for you. And we do both of them. So we incentivize the healthy living with those four chronic behaviors. And we also do it for the four chronic behaviors and physical and financial fitness. And as you could tell with the cadence of my voice and my excitement is that, boy, I know that this makes a difference for people because it's changed my life and it's changed thousands of our clients lives. No, it's pretty amazing, you know, and and being
0: part of something where you're just enjoying you're you're making a difference in your life like howard was doing and then finding out that there's someone that is excited about what you are doing then translate into a business he gets connected to you and uh maybe we don't have time right now to kind of hear the whole story of how he found you but it was pretty cool to hear at breakfast with you and breaking bread so you know you guys get together you know, there's this business idea, he's kind of ultra wealthy, you're in that middle kind of, you know, mass affluent uh, space uh, to also helping, uh, you know, lower income. So where is this business plan in your day to day, right? Like, how did you start to structure what you were going to do what Howard's doing? I believe there's another partner as well. So what were some of the ways that you guys initially said to yourself, okay, hey, here's what, here's the divisions that we could
1: lead and what we want to do moving forward? Yeah, great question. Um, it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot um, for a second to talk about how we started and then where we go. Um, we started as we were going to be more boots on the ground, individual, start talking to people individually, um, and using other um, what we call getting into new marketplaces. Because as you meet people that are in in accounting and and mortgage business and real estate, etc., you know they have large uh, client bases where you can have easy access to to network, and then to tell your story, and then be able to drive what I call entrepreneurial businesses from your um, your business. Well, we started in January, or excuse me, February of 2020, and guess what? One month later, not even six weeks later, COVID hit. So it caused us to totally revamp our business. And uh, this is what I wanted to tell all of your listeners is that you can have the best business plan, but changes and the marketplace are going to demand for you to adapt and to adjust. So we immediately had to go to a more of a Zoom environment and it just sounds like it's every day today. The change though, uh, caused us to look at how do we go from an office base to a virtual base? So instead of opening offices we went in and opening virtual offices and we call it a model business. And from doing that as we start teaching people how to operate in a, in a Zoom environment, many people didn't have the skills. So we actually hired consultants to come on in and train. And we put that as part of our training to get people to do what we're doing today as as easy as it is just to pick up a phone and talk to somebody. We can do this now and we can operate at what we call the speed of trust. And what we also found is that in our business, usually when you meet people, you know, you can look at their body language and tell whether they're full of BS or not. And you can get a sense of them via zoom you can't see all these things around you. So you can just see this facial piece. So the reality is you have to now connect and relate differently. And, and the reality is all business, as much as you want to have it be digital and you want to have it be you know uh, systematic, if it's systematic, it becomes a commodity. And most of the time when you're in a relationship business, you have to have some principles that guide it. And so we have to navigate through our business model. We had to n- navigate through the tools in which we put through that, but we never lost the focus of our, of our principles or our core values. And, and I would tell anybody out there is, as you look at our journey, you know, we went from being people to people to being a digital virtual area instead of an office. And then more importantly, we had to now go in and educate people in over a 20 minute or 30 minute period of time without having tools, whether it be, you know, our phone, the paper, uh, whatever. Flip charts. It, it went into everything digital, so now that means your preparation had to be totally different. And those skill sets helped us create uh, a better business. We believe it's able to contact fat people faster. And the best part about it, John, is like you and I just discovered: is you get a chance to reconnect with people that really mattered. That sometimes because they're not in your geographical area, you you really didn't stay in touch with them. But now geographical is: do they have Zoom? Do they have teams? And are you able to connect with them? And and it opened up the business world to, to, to do something very special for us.
0: No, you're talking about speed, right? Uh, momentum, building it. So really to pivot what you just did right, uh, right at the beginning of COVID and everything that happened through that scenario, right? Uh, the, the businesses that pivoted the way that you did, especially in a startup phase, uh, pretty, pretty admirable and uh, pretty awesome to hear what you guys are doing. So give us a little sense then, You know, I guess some of that is really marketing right Uh, getting out the word, um, you know, sharing with it at the speed of what you're talking about, so what are some of the tools. Um, Is there a social media presence that then you guys spent some money on to be able to then leverage that or was it an internal let's say network that you had that Howard had that the founders had right to be able to spread the message initially and to find the leaders that then you wanted to then grow from
1: there. Yeah. A great question. Uh, there's a couple of ways I can go at it. So I'm just going to go at it from a, a standpoint of how we went and zig and zagged. Um, we, I did not want to be a social media influencer. Matter of fact, I, I almost didn't want to be in this type of, because I, I want to be, I'm a little bit more of a private guy as I I don't want the ego to be out there and those types of things, because as you know, as as you become more famous, it's almost like the ego follows it. And the reality was I had to look we had to look at it totally different. It was from an educational standpoint. So just like what you're doing here, it's about exposing people to new experiences that might be able to help change their life. Just like it did for me, that strike of lightning about learning the difference between being a, a, a football coach and a financial coach. Um, so the first thing we had to do is we had to put out enough content that actually mattered to people. And it wasn't about marketing; it was about education. And mm. the one thing that I can I, I've noticed about the world today is they value relationships over speed, but people don't have time to build relationships. So you have to be authentic. So everything that we do is grassroots it's videos off the phone. Um, we have an idea and we want to put it out there and it's within 90 seconds or less snippets. And then we had, we had to add content that was a little bit deeper, like what we're doing here, where there's, you know, a 30 minute, 40 minute conversation so that you can dive deeper into subjects that matter to people. And what we found is that it not only gave credibility, but then people realize that there's a culture here that we want to be part of. And we, we realized that culture beats strategy all the time. So if we could create a culture, which we call a FinFit Life movement for us, was how do we get people together so that they could go on this healthy journey as well as be encouraged to be more healthy and to be more financially fit? Because as you know, many times you end up becoming isolated in, in, in today's world even more so, where it just puts a ton of stress on people individually because they don't feel connected. Even though we can be connected like this today, they almost feel like they're totally isolated. So we wanted to have a, a mechanism that we could connect people through education, through information, and then bring people together in groups and bring people together in events. And that's exactly what we did. Um, I, I will bring you one, one other thing that I think is important for everybody that's your listeners. There was a person, uh, his name was Pat Baird and, and uh, another fellow named Tim Stonehocker that totally changed my life based on preparing to go to the next level. And so, you know, I I know we had talked a little bit about the people that are go for CEO. And I think that's where you and I have some great simulations that, that it's becoming the CEO of your own life. It's not just becoming the CEO of a business, believe it or not, if you don't manage your family well, it's really hard to manage a business well. And then if you don't manage your business well, it's really hard to have the life that you want to have with your family. So, um, The thing that I learned from from those two gentlemen was to learn the language of business. And you had just mentioned about marketing. And I'd like to bring it up that there's there's basically seven areas of languages that people need to know in business. There is marketing. You have to understand what marketing is, but you also have to understand the language of sales and you have to learn the economics of sales. You also have to learn the, 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 the business and language of finance. Money matters and you got to have the right financing and right accounting together. There's also administration. How do you ad- administer a business? And then how do you operate a business, which is operations? Totally different language. And then the two big ones. Legal, you have to have the you have to be able to speak the the legal language. You have to understand what contracts are and things of that sort. And then you also have to know technology because right now, technology wasn't a separate deal. It was like, oh, one of those things that you have an IT guy that you call up and say, hey, my computer's not working. Technology now is how do I communicate? How do I actually connect? How do I put those other six areas together so that it's a seamless experience, which you talk about in your CEO, that experience and engagement? I will tell you that those, those things change my life. And the last thing I'll mention is many times people, they they leave gaps because they want to jump. You know, They want to go from being a great idea to being a multi-billion dollar company. And that can happen pretty quickly. But if you have gaps in your language, it's really hard to understand these areas. So then you better partner with people that know these areas really well. And I will tell you that once you get to the next level, you never go back to learn the areas that you just missed. You never do. You know why? It's too slow. Life has changed. And the reality now it's created a gap. And in that gap, and I'm not saying everybody has to be perfect, but what it does do is those gaps then force you to form partnerships. And, and with that, if you're not very good in partnerships and take some skill, you better make sure that those gaps are filled by your knowledge. I love it.
0: <clears throat> yeah, there's so much uh, information there in those seven steps and the seven mm-hmm. areas of really focusing in on business. I hope Gulf Zero community, you really took some notes right there. Replay that portion because it is so vital to have really a framework, right, when you go into business and understanding a mindset and all the things. But really, when you put it into steps or you put it into four easy steps and those types of things. It really simplifies things so that you can create some uh, growth and momentum in there. So what the area that you just shared, which I love the partnerships, the alignment that I talk about in my book, that's coming out, you know, it's interesting. You aligned yourself with Howard and another gentleman, and then basically you are also the president of FinFit Life, which means that you have a very distinct role of bringing in the talent, so, can you go into acquisition of talent and how you start to determine who you start to work with as people that are in the forefront of explaining
1: what FinFit Life is all about? Yeah, great question. And um, the, 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 my other partner's name is John Irvin, and John Irvin is. Um... He is one of the great sages of the of the marketplace. Uh, he's he works with a very wealthy family in a private office. He also is uh, he's in kind of like the day to day running the operations of a venture capital company, and he's been in the insurance business for a long time. He's 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 a little bit older. I won't share his age because he probably wouldn't like that. But his experience has been great for us because he's just a data driven guy. And uh, I'll I'll start with the partnership, and then I'll move into aggregation of the tools to gather uh, talent and bring tam, uh, talent acquisition in. Um, most of the time, you're you're in your space, you know, you're in your lane, and I my lane is is middle income and uh, affluent middle income, and I know that space really well. And and I'm I'm also a business person, so I know how to to help small businesses become larger businesses. I built built businesses, et cetera. Howard Sharfman works in the ultra-wealthy place, and he's in kind of the big, big business um, area. And then John Irvin has been in in the finance. He's been able to take companies public, uh, been taking public companies private, and he's worked with the very, very wealthy families that are in family offices. Now, I just mentioned three things. Those are three distinct marketplaces. You can't master it all. But what you can do then is have the ability to have access to them. And so many people, as as you just were talking about talent acquisition and and help people, please write this down. Most of the time when we start building a business, if we go three years in, we started building a business which was easiest for us and we end up building a business we don't like. Instead of driving a business to what we really want, the, the goals and vision, we follow the easy path versus the path of what kind of business do we want to really build and stay on that path. And ironically... Um, In these three areas of marketplaces, we knew we wanted to be firmly footed in these three markets. So what I had to do is I had to, one, learn how each of these markets operate and not change our business system of how do we build relationships, how do we acquire talent, and then how do we deploy assets to those. And so what does that mean? All does that crap mean? It means this, that when you are in a marketplace, we know that we have products and services that meet those needs but you also need to have experience and expertise. And that's where partnerships come on in. So we knew in order to get into Uber wealthy, we were going to have people that knew Uber wealthy people, but they didn't have the experience or expertise to do that. So we needed to find a mechanism, a way to connect those two people together so that we could get the the right person with the experience and expertise in front of those people and still have uh, economics matter and work for both people. Same thing when we went into the, the, um, uh, corporation world, when we were starting to talk to people that were in family offices and things of that sort, we needed to make sure we had the right people with the ex- expertise and experience. Cause it's a different, if it's a, a different marketplace, it's a different need, it's a different, um, requirement to operate. So how do we do that? And the one thing that's interesting is when you are building a business, do not think that you should get everything. Cause that's not the case. I would rather have a, a nice piece of the pie on a bigger pie than rather have all of the pie and not have one bite of it. It's ridiculous. And I, I would tell you that think about this from a mentality standpoint, you either are a pie maker or a pie eater, a pie eater only thinks about themselves. How can I get more and more and more and more versus a pie maker? How do I make a bigger pie? How can I get in new marketplaces? How can I create new partnerships to help grow my business? Because the reality is every three to five years, every business has to make a major change because technology and marketplaces are are demanding it. So if you as an entrepreneur, I'm a president, I run this organization day to day, I have to constantly be thinking about how do I upgrade my technology? How do I upgrade the skills? How do I upgrade the training? And then how do I upgrade the products and services to make sure that we're meeting the demands of the marketplace? And we're now three and a half years into our business and we've already made a couple changes that we've had to, to do to, to drastically change our business. Well, we're about to make another major change with technology and some of our new partnerships so that we can meet the demands of not only the people that are inside of our organization, but the clients that we serve. So you actually
0: are leading me to a subject that I love, which I'm in day to day, which is finance. Right. Uh, you kind of hinted at it right now. And I'd love to go deeper. You know, these investments as you've built a three year old business at the moment, you know, in the 90 the first 90 days, I'm assuming there was some bootstrapping. I'm, um, you know, but you can clarify this if there was initial funding from uh, other sources uh, to be able to start the business and, and, you know, get you guys going. But into the 18th month, into the 24th month, into the 36th month, now you're starting to observe from the back end, right, as a president, that you need to make some critical investments. So, finance wise, what are some of the things that you critically did in that first 90 days to 18 months to 24 months now to today to be able to either save the money to then deploy, as you talked about? Yeah. Or are you looking for financing that really makes sense to be able to be in the marketplace? And A lot of people right now with interest rates, they're thinking, oh, I missed my time. But you know what business is today, right? So. You know, the ROI yeah. on being able to make an investment is greater if you see it that you bring in this technology and now you now you go 10x right as an example. So can you share a little bit about that of what your guys' strategy has been in finance and have you deployed or used other uh, investment tools and stuff
1: like that, too? Yeah, you yeah. bet. So um, there, there's a, a rule of thumb that says you never go broke by over tipping and paying for good advice. So just make sure that you understand that my uh, my, my partner, Howard Sharpman's father taught him that. And, and I've always, when he said that to me, it stuck. You never go broke over tipping and paying for good advice. Um, most people, when they go into a business, they, um, they go all in and they go underfunded. And so if you're ever going to try to find out if this business is viable for you, you should test it out. Give a little test market to see if that works. But then the second part is, you have to have some staying power of real money. And uh, in our situation, we raised about a million dollars of capital um, to start our business. And we knew that we had some we had the opportunity to gain some revenue uh, strength by by sales and and growing our uh, our field force and our sales opportunities. But the reality is, you're really not going to be profitable for two years, maybe even three. So you have to have some sustainability on what your forecasts are and what your, your budget is. So make sure that you have the money to do that. And you also have the ability and access to potentially get more capital. Now for us, we did it self-funded. We, we kind of raised our own capital and, and with some of our, uh, our product partners and things that sort of put the right dollar amounts together to grow. And uh, by doing that, um, we had the ability to have some sustainability and, and, but, as we started to grow, and we're now expanding in from Puerto Rico, and soon to be in Canada, and we're looking to go uh, through our partnership with Vitality into the other continents, into, into Asia, and my my background being in Central Eastern Europe, going back into Europe and South America, uh, South America, excuse me, almost said South Africa, but we don't mind going there either. Um, it has to be strategic, and what most people don't understand is that in individual personal finance. It is very easy to outspend your income. Most, it doesn't matter how good of your offense of generating money, you can easily outspend it. I see more doctors that make millions of dollars and they're dead broke and they're totally stressed. It's the same thing in business. So, you know, you talked about finance. I'll, I'll go to the mechanisms in terms of raising capital. But again, you need to really keep an eye on expenses. It's really easy, especially if you're holding conventions and meetings, to be able to go from spending 30000 to 130000 like that fast. I mean, that's $140 a gallon of coffee in, in an event. I mean, are you kidding me? No. So you get five gallons of coffee, man, you're, you're 1000 bucks right there. And you go, what happened? I was just having a cup of coffee for my people. And that doesn't work that way. So you have to watch out for expenses. But the second part of that, and as you're expanding, sometimes you need a partner to come on in to put in some capital. But don't just look at money partners. When you're, when you're looking to finance a business, you need to have more than just money. You need to have experience and expertise or to give you access to new marketplaces. And that's one thing that you know Howard and John were fantastic at is that all of our partners that were part of our organization, it wasn't just a financial decision. It was access, expertise, and experience. And believe it or not, sometimes like for in our situation, we've been able to now not only become profitable and self-funded in a matter of two years, two and a half years. But more importantly is we've been able to, to keep our expenses low so that we can make strategic investments into technology and into new marketplaces like Canada and Puerto Rico without having a major strain on us financially. And I, I, I you know, when you say go for CEO, sometimes the CEO needs to have a good board around them of good mentors around them to help them make decisions and we were in that situation. We, we have a, a very small, but very powerful board that, that we're able to ask questions. they give it, they give us very, very smart answers and challenging answers for us to think about so that we're always thinking ahead uh, at least two or three steps so that for the financing, that isn't going to be the restraint that holds us back from expanding. No, it's uh, perfectly
0: said, you know, uh, in the small to medium-sized business space, right? Typically, I work with one to about fifty million dollars in revenue, and it's interesting. <clears throat> most of those businesses don't have a board, don't have yeah. an advisory board, don't have a board of directors, anything like that, because you know you're taking a business owner really from solopreneur to business owner, and they they've learned all these mechanisms or they've you know brought the right people around them, but they forget that there's actually still another a set of people that you could tap into. That, especially as a decision maker at the top of the house, the CEO, president, founder of a company that is so vital. So uh, I don't have time today, uh, go for CEO channel, but that's one of the things that we are implementing uh, going in the next 15 to 18 months is uh, sharing with businesses how they can have their own advisory board, but uh, stay tuned for that. So, all right, so back to FinFit Life. My friend, you know, president of the company, you've done some com- phenomenal things. You've kind of hinted there that you uh, have some Central European and, and Eastern European uh, ties to the things that you've done as far so expansion. Let's let's go into that piece. What critically thinking, you know, you know, obviously you've built your base over the last three years. Now you're thinking about Canada and Puerto Rico and and eventually, you know, other continents. What are some of the things that you're looking for, maybe from a a leadership perspective? Because you can't be everywhere, right? Uh, Neither can Howard. So what have you done to now either seek out that talent? uh, Because I wanna go back a little bit to talent acquisition or place uh, maybe partnerships, joint ventures, these types of things that a lot of people forget too that can expand your business or even acquisition. Which one are you focused on right now?
1: Yeah, so um, so you always have, it's, it's not how, it's who. Um, just so, you know, if if people say, how do you do this? It's not how it's who you find the right person They already know it. They, they can expand it. They have the relationships, they have the knowledge and experience. Um, so we are always looking for who, um, we are, uh, we have a a bunch of people that are in Canada that we've had some engagement with that, that would be the who to help us grow Canada. We already had the who in Puerto Rico and we have the who in central Eastern Europe um, for my relationships, et cetera. But when you're expanding, it's not just a who, um, you have to look at the business environment. And most of the time when people expand, uh, especially when they're they're let's say they're buying technology or going into technology or there's this thing called technology creep or scope, scope creep, where it started at this budget. And then it turns into this budget and you go, what the hell just happened? It's the same thing when you go into a foreign country. Uh, You have to make sure that the political environment is correct. You need to make sure that the the economic environment is correct. You have to make sure that the marketplace has a need, and you have to make sure that there's a coordination of products and services that are in your core competencies that you can manage. Because if you have the who, those other four things could work against you, and it doesn't matter how great that person is. Those things, especially when you're expanding into foreign countries, uh, that, that actually eats up a lot of capital and it doesn't raise a lot of money. It doesn't initiate enough revenue for it to be sustainable. So uh, when we looked at those things strategically, client acquisition is the front part. You need to find who, not how, but then the second part is that, and then you need to make sure you do due diligence is that's the right environment to go into. Um, especially like when you're looking at uh, in our situation here, the, the uh, if you look at the financial services world, A lot of times people are looking to go, you know, if they change into going advisory versus um, just a straight broker dealer or insurance based, you have to think about regulatory, which is the government piece. You have to make sure you're regulatory. You have to make sure the economics are working and we'll call it the economy. It's the same process that you have to do in any new marketplace that you're going into. And uh, the one thing I'll say to, to, to you and the rest of your listeners, John, is that you have to have a process of principles. Um, because it's real easy to sometimes give up your principles and then you end up building a business that you don't like anymore. Um, So if you stay focused on those things and you don't violate those principles, it's important. And and I'll give you two that are important to us. The first one was ethics over economics. Um, We wanted to make sure that we ran a very ethical business, even if if we could make money and not be ethical, we didn't want that. We wanted to make sure we'd rather not make money and do what's right. And we call it doing the right thing the right way. Um, And then the second one is relationships over speed. So many times we try to get to the economics and very quickly, but we forget that, you know, ironically, you hear this over and over and over again about companies, our greatest asset is our employees. Well, if that was the case, then you would treat your employees and your teams, we call them teams, not as employees, but as members, as teams, Mm -hmm. and you treat them differently. So it's relationships over speed. Um, those are some things that create a culture and culture always beats strategy. So I tell you those things because talent acquisition is about attraction and repelling. And I'll end with this last piece. I call it the power of the magnet. It's magnetize your life and the power of the magnet. Everybody says magnets always about attracting. It's not just attracting. It's also has that expelling. You want to expel certain things. So when you have your principles set, I call it magnetizing your business. You're able to attract client acquisition, the right things. But you're also able to say, nope, sorry, guys, that's not the right thing. We're not going to do this. We're not going down this path. We're not going to be in this re- environment. And we're not going to have these type of people. And um, and I think that that is the biggest part of client acquisition and um, looking at new opportunities.
0: You know, uh, compromise came to mind right now. And, and if you start compromising, uh, you can be lost very quickly, right? So, and, uh, and also to the, the visual cue that you gave there, right? Is when magnets attract, but I've, I remember being a kid and turning them around and all of a sudden they started going, bouncing off. They wouldn't even t- like, I'd be like, oh, and it was just repelling. So it was really, really sure. cool visual uh, cue there. So look, so Bill, you know, I, I've been so appreciative, obviously reconnecting over the last few months and, and getting to see kind of what you're doing and chatting every so often and, uh, you know, keeping each other accountable, right? To, to see like, hey, you know, hey, you know, hey, you know we, we said this, you know, is there any connection there? You know, and, and that, I think that's part of networking too. A lot of people don't even know how to network at times, especially in this digital world, because there's not that touch, but you came into town, we broke bread and we've stayed uh, in contact. So, you know, as we end the, the, the interview here, you know, CEO is, is the three levels of, you know, areas that we try to teach, especially at the end here of an interview. So C is client experience, uh, e is engagement. I used to call employee engagement, but really engagement with your vendors, your, in your case, your insurance pro- providers, your partnerships, your, your family office, all that type of stuff. So how they engage. And then the last one is O for operational excellence. And you mentioned that as well. So very high level, maybe 30 seconds to a minute in each uh, category. Client experience. What's, what makes FinFit life, FinFit life, sorry,
1: um, you know, just that high
0: level client experience?
1: Yeah, the client, we we actually call it a client experience. So when somebody comes on in, it has to do with education and execution of that. You know, there's a lot of people that I call educated idiots. They know a lot of things, but they don't do a lot of things. And the idiot part of it is that just because you have knowledge doesn't mean you have wisdom to put it in place. So our client experience is the way to help people walk through the education and the activity to, to put those two together. And the reality is that the, the, the biggest part of our client engagement is in a client experience is that they actually see the real results of the physical activity connected to their financial products immediately. So you, you have to give a person an experience like that quickly so that they, they don't lose faith. And then more importantly is what I call a FinFit like movement is to bring them together. We do that very quickly with our, our organization i love it i love it so that engagement right
0: i mean obviously bill you know you're a very engaging guy you've had incredible insight today and sharing and obviously your experiences but you know tell us a little bit about why people engage with you number one as the president right from vendors to other sources to also
1: FinFit life why people are engaging yeah uh so engagement comes in two things one is is we value relationships which means people matter but the second part is that we give incentives for people to engage through that physical activity. So we have we have a, an app that every time that you work out ten times, you get a spin to get a gift card. Mm-hmm. Um, as you start getting higher statuses, so like for example, every time that you work out, you get points. Every time that you go, we have a, a healthy savings. So you go to the grocery store and you buy healthy foods, which is um, vegetables and, and, and clean um, the vegetables and fruits. You actually. Uh, get points for that, and when you go to the doctor to get your your physical fitness um, reviewed, guess what? You you get points for that. So as you get higher status, it goes from bronze, gold, a bronze, silver, gold, platinum. You get more points for that, and as you get these points, you get bigger discounts to travel, to get cash back, to get discounts on your on your uh, insurance savings, to have more money in cash values and investments. And the best part is, then you, when you work out, you get Amazon gift cards, Starbucks gift cards. So you get real benefits from it. It causes more engagement. And then the last piece of it, as we do a follow up to congratulate people as they they continue to get their more, more money working for them and getting more of these benefits and getting higher statuses. Because what we found, Vitality has found, when somebody is a gold or platinum in their status, they live nine years long, or they live 10 years longer and they have nine years more of health span, which means wow. they're able to do more things that they want to do for longer. And then with physical or financial fitness, they're going to have the money to do it. Talk about engagement. So awesome, awesome stuff. So
0: last one's operational excellence, right? And a lot of people, uh, you know, miss this, right? You can have all the sales in the world, you can have a lot of money coming in, but operations could crumble you from in, in, you know, internally. So what are two or three different things that you guys do as far as
1: operational excellence? Uh, so the first one is we have a, a process that's written out so that it's a, it's a guide for people to know what to do as you get the right people. And it's easier to train and transfer knowledge when it's written down. Um, we have a saying that says, if it's not written, it's not said. So you have to make sure that it's written down so that it's easy for people to read it on their own terms and process it. But the second is constantly having a review of the process. Um, uh, we, we, we actually have uh, and I'll share with you, we, we actually adopted this thing called the EOS system. Um, mm-hmm. It's called the Entrepreneurial Operations System. And what it has done for us is that make decisions faster and get us the information faster for us to make decisions. And that's a, a process that's done by weekly, quarterly, and annual goals that we set um, very clear uh, objectives so that we're driving the business, not letting the business just drive us. That we're focused on building a business that we want to have, not, unfortunately, letting the business just happen. And then pretty soon, again, you end up building a business that you don't like. Um, and the last piece I'll say about operation excellence is constantly training skill set. Because what we found is when when your skills change and when you change, everything around you changes. And when you get better, everything around you gets better. Operational excellence will say that you by doing things over and over and over again, you get better at it. But when you drive the operations to become better, it ends up being more efficient and build more confidence to deliver what you need to deliver. Uh, that's amazing
0: stuff, right, when you really start to integrate the right principles and the right actions behind it. So, you know, I have a, a acronym that comes to mind. It's uh, assess, organize, attack, right? Because if, if you don't know where you're at, right, it's hard to kind of. <laughs> Go any direction, then you organize yourself, then you attack. So really cool stuff, my friend. You know, super excited to have had you on the goPro CEO channel. Looking forward to having you back on, hearing about the growth and, and what you guys are doing in FinFit life. So tell everybody how to get a hold of you. What are some of the ways that maybe they could join the organization, be a part of the movement or even, uh you know,
1: become a client of the product? So, yeah, you bet. Uh, the the, uh, the website is very simple. FinFitLife, F-I-N-F-I-T-L-I-F-E dot com. Uh, my name is William Pinus. You've seen it on the uh if you William.Pinus at FinFitLife That's my email address. Um, and I'm, I'm the, uh, as far as I know, there's only a few pinuses in the world and, uh, you, you can Google me and find, uh, I've done a couple of other podcasts and I've done, uh, I've got a, a, a YouTube channel, uh, that's under FinFit life that we have plenty of content for people who want to have more information. I thank you for it. having me, John. And it's a pleasure. It really is a pleasure to be with you. No, no. Hey, thank you so
0: much. And go for CEO channel again. So if you're new to the channel, go ahead and subscribe to it, right? We're trying to grow this channel and really working hard to bring you know CEOs founders entrepreneurs and intrapreneurs you know I love what uh what you said I may have to incorporate that corporate right uh, I hadn't heard that before but I like that intrapreneur corporatepreneur. a lot of people forget right not everybody can be the man you know or the woman right uh, as far as like being the top leader but what if you're a middle manager what if you're at the bottom right now but you want to grow to the top well if you have a corporate entrepreneur mindset even if you're working inside of a company you could be one day right the ceo and also the ceo of your life so coming out very soon is four attributes to become the ceo of your life with our book so over the next six to 12 months please be on the lookout for that and obviously visit our channel uh the go for ceo channel on youtube we're on twitter we're on instagram all that type of stuff we have a facebook group and lastly go so Bill, thanks so much for being a part of this program. And uh, in the next six to 12 months, we'll help you back. And maybe we'll have all three of you, John, you, and Howard. So <laughs>
1: We'd love it. We'd love it, John. Appreciate you, partner. Have a great one. Thanks, everybody. Bye, right, my man.